Well, good morning, and uh, it's so great that people have been able to breathe the wet weather today and come and join us um, in person here in church, but also great to have you online as well. Let's just pray. Our gracious, loving God, we give you thanks that we can come and share in fellowship with you. We give you thanks that we can hear the word of God through all sorts of means, whether it be reading the scripture here or being presented to us, read to us from the other side of the world. Lord, your word is a light to our path and a guide for our lives. A gracious, loving God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit open us up today to hear your word afresh and anew, challenge us, restore us, set us straight. Oh Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit be upon us and upon me today as I bring the message. I pray that you will speak through me, that they'll be your words. I ask this in your holy name. Amen. Well, we've been running our series, which has been called um, Understanding the Bible. And we've been looking at the message of the letters of John. See, this preaching series is something that we've been tapping into every so often. We've been stopping and pausing from our regular kind of preaching message, which looks at themes and topics. And we've been going, we want to actually look at at a a book of the Bible, or in, in this case, the letters of John, so three books of the Bible, and, and spend a little bit more time and in-depth uh, exploration of that. Nothing too heavy, nothing too light, too light, but just kind of right. Kind of that kind of sweet point of looking. So the last couple of weeks, uh, we have started to look at uh, the first letter that John wrote to the church. And we know that... Um, what we've gained so far is that John doesn't mince his words. He's pretty straight there and he doesn't hold back in what he thinks and, and he challenges us, if we're to think about it for ourselves today. He challenges us. But John also gives us practical advice of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to, to be in close relationship with God, what it means to be in fellowship with God, what it means to be the church. So far as we've looked at um, chapters 1 and 2 of 1 John, um, we've looked at that, and today we're going to explore chapter 3. We're actually going to do the whole of chapter 3. It contains practical advice for us believers, and we can kind of break it down into two distinct sections. The first revolves around what it means for us to live as children of God, And the second is what it means for us to actually show real love to those around us. So let's just jump straight back into um, 1 John chapter 3. Um, And we're going to just look at the first six verses in chapter 3. So we'll put them up on the screen and I'll read them for you. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognise that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. 
And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law. For all sin is contrary to the law of God and you know that Jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. You know, I said that John does mince his words, does he? He really comes straight there and it's pretty hard. And if we want to examine ourselves in this moment, this is the point to examine ourselves and look at it. But you can actually sum up this whole first section um, of 1 John chapter 3. Uh, You can sum it up this way. We are privileged, but with privilege comes responsibility. You can almost think of Spider-Man here. With great power comes great responsibility. For us, it's the privilege, the privilege of being the child of God. But from that comes responsibility. We have responsibility of being a child of God. Think about it for a moment. This is huge, you know. The creator of the universe, the all-powerful, the ever-present God loves us, wants to know us. We are brought into God's family as children of God. But being part of that family, it has its privileges. Life everlasting, eternity with God, forgiveness of our sins. But it also means we have a responsibility in that. But let me just explore what it means to have a closer connection with God. It's a connection that we have that is, that is close, that is intimate, that is personal. It's not about a, a mere acquaintance. God's not just some fleeting person that you know, you know, kind of vaguely out there. God is somebody that is close, that is intimate, that is personal. I want you to think of a powerful person that you know, either in history or right now. Somebody that you would not expect that you could be a part of. Get to know them. Have you got that person in your brain right now? Have you you thought of that person? Now think for a moment that because you are here and you are separated from them, they don't know you, they don't know who you are, what you're doing, they don't even know your existence. Now think of that person's family. That person's family has a connection to that powerful person that is beyond what we have. They have an intimate relationship. They know the person. They have access to that person. The person who is part of the family has an access that the general population doesn't have. Think about your family for a moment. Think about your children if you've got them. Or if you're a child, which you are, you're all children of your own parents, think about the access that you had to them. 
And then think about other people who, who didn't, who aren't a part of your family or whether they've got the same access. When God talks about, and when John talks about here, that we are children of God, that means that we have close access to God. We have that special access. We have that connection with the all-powerful, all-creating God. But that privilege of being in God's family has a responsibility. And that responsibility changes our lives. Our lives are changed because of that connection. Our lives are changed because we are to stop sinning. If we were to go into John's Gospel, you know, not the letters, but into John's Gospel, and, and we looked at John chapter 8 and, and we, we explored that, there's a, there's, a, there's a passage where the crowd brings to Jesus a woman caught in adultery. And the crowd is trying to test Jesus to find out how he's going to respond and whether he's going to uphold the law and all of these things. And Jesus stops, stoops down and starts drawing in the dirt and, and then asks the question of those who are coming to accuse them, that those who are without sin, they can cast the first stone, they can condemn. And slowly by slowly, people start wandering away and Jesus is left alone with the woman caught in adultery and the disciples who are there watching what Jesus is doing. And if we look here, we see that Jesus says to this woman that he doesn't condemn her but he gives a challenge, which is our responsibility for us. And that is to stop sinning. Let me read it to you from John chapter 8, verse, verses 10 to 11. It says in this. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Hear that word. Our lives are changed. And the responsibility we have because of our, our connection with God, of being part of God's family, is that we are to sin no more. This is a challenge that should speak to us each and every day. See, ultimately, sin, sin stems from unbelief in God. Sin is the failure to glorify and give thanks to God. This failure to glorify and give thanks to God leads us towards idolatry of placing other things instead of God in front of us. The challenge that John is placing squarely in front of us in 1 John chapter 3 is that our lives should glorify and reflect God. We should be coming more and more like Jesus in our everyday life. We have a great privilege of being called the children of God. And that's what it means as, as a church, as believers. We are children of God. We are fellowship of the children of God. 
But that means we have a responsibility to live in our lives by not sinning. A big, big challenge. And John goes on to explain that we can see easily how people, whether they are sinning or not sinning, whether they are a child of God or not, is whether they continue to live in sin. See, 1 John chapter, 10, 1 John chapter 3 verse 10 says this, So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Notice, they're not of God. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. How do you know that you are a child of God? How do you know that you belong to God's kingdom and world here? You've asked Jesus into your life. You've asked the forgiveness of sins, but your life is changed. Love for others, other believers, is the measure that we have. If we move on to 1 John chapter 3, verse 11, it continues on and says this. This is the message we have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We should love one another. How do we, how do we put that love one another into practice? What does that actually mean? What is the practical application here? What does it mean that we love one another? Three, John gives us three things that are that we can measure this by. Three attributes that we should have. And the first is this, that we show love by sacrifice. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. The sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus for us. The sacrifice for Jesus for all of the world, for the forgiveness of our sins. And it goes on to say, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. What does it mean for us to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters in Christ? What does that mean? It means not living for yourself. It's not seeking what can I get out of this situation, what's going to be the best thing for me. It's not about the I culture, it's not about the me culture, it's about... What can I do for my brothers and sisters, my fellow believers around me? What can I give of myself? My time, my energy, my talent. I give that to those around. I give so that and tell people about the love of God so that other people may come and be called children of God as well and come to believe. I want you to take a moment for yourself right now. This is a practical message. This is a message about what does it mean for you? Now, I can give lots of different examples, but I want you to think for a moment, what does it mean for you to sacrifice? What does it mean for you to sacrifice for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Take a moment and pause. Ask God to convict your heart right now of what you need to sacrifice. What is it that you're willing to give up? What is God calling you to give up right now for the benefit of your brothers and sisters in Christ around you? 
And that is not just here in Cronulla, but that is much further and bigger in a field than just there. It could be that we're needing to give up for those people that we, you know, the kids that we sponsor in Haiti. It might be that we're giving up for things that, are for, for a church just down the road. It might be that we're giving up for here. It might be we're giving up for something that's happening in our own church. What are we willing to sacrifice? How are we going to show our love? So let's just pause and let God speak into your heart right now. Just pray with me right now. Oh God, we just ask that you open us up, that you show us right now what you would have us sacrifice, what it means for us to give up, not to hoard, not to keep for ourselves, but to let go and give. Jesus gave his whole life for us. If we're to become more like Jesus every day, what are we going to sacrifice? What are we going to do? Lord, show that to us right now. And Lord, we just ask right now, if we're not said yes to Jesus yet, oh Lord, take, take my life and let it be a sacrifice that you can use to spread the glory and the good news of God to the world around us. Oh Lord, we just pray this in your name. Amen. The second thing, the second practical attribute that John gives us and, and says that we, we should have if, we're, if we're, we're actually showing love, love to one another, love to our fellow believers is this, is that love, we show love by showing mercy. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 17, it goes on, it says this, if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion... How can God's love be in that person? So what does it mean for you to show compassion in the face of need? It means that we, we, we don't hoard things. It means that we share with what we have. Mercy is seeing people around us that have less and being moved by compassion to do something about it to use what we have for the benefit of others. Not to hoard, not to hold, not to keep back because we are becoming adulterous in that because we're hoarding what we have. We're saying what we own, what we've accumulated is more important. Love means that we show mercy and we show compassion and we share. But the thing is, and here's the thing, if we... Never look outside of ourselves. If we never look out and see that there is somebody in need right now, if we don't see the person in need, we're never going to show compassion. We need to open our eyes and place ourselves where people are hurting, where people have less. But it's also talks, and John specifically talks, there's not just need all out in the world. It's, he's talking here about brothers and sisters in Christ, your fellowship sharing in the needs of those within our own fellowship, within the fellowship beyond us. It's a challenge. So I want you to take a moment 
for yourself and make a note for yourself. Put this in your brain. Pray right now, how is God asking me to show mercy to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ right now? Just spend that moment and ask God to speak into us. Gracious Lord, we just ask that you open our eyes to those who are in need around us. Help us be willing to see, help us willing to understand the hurt, the need that exists within our own community of believers but beyond. We would open up our hearts and minds to your leading for us in this place. May we give with an open heart. Oh Lord, we just pray this in your holy name. Amen. Our third attribute that John gives us here about what it means to love one another is this, is that we show love by our actions. In 1 John 3, verses 18 to 19, it says this. It says, Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show that truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so that we will be confident when we stand before God. It's interesting And I I love this because this was the passage, one of the passages that um, was my message for Josh and Alyssa's wedding. How do we show love that is not just merely words, but actions? How do we show love that moves beyond ourselves? Not just, I hope you have the best or... I hope things goes on, but just, you know, thinking about when we're, we're looking about sacrifice, we're looking about mercy, and John's talking about those, and we say we want to show love to our brothers and sisters in Christ, but if we don't do it, if all we ever do is say, may the love of God be with you, and it's not exercised through what we do, then we are merely a clanging symbol to go into another epistle. Do we pay lip service to love? See, love that is not lived out in practical ways is love that has no real depth. So I want you to take a moment. This is the last time I'm just going to ask you right now to take a moment and just let God speak to you. I want you to make a note note for yourself of what is the practical way you can show love today to those around you. God, we show love by... Our sacrifices, we show love by our mercy, we show love by our actions. So let us pray for this right now. 
Let us pray and ask God to help us really express, really show that we are placing God as front and centre in our lives and that we are willing to express love that knows no bounds. Let's just pray together. God, our Father, you are the creator, you are the sustainer, you are the one above all things. And yet you call us your children. You bring us into your family, you forgive our sins, and Lord, help us now. Help us now to change our lives so that we sin no more, that our lives and our actions change, that will be known by the love that we show to each other, that our love will pour out of us and ooze out of us. It'll show, it'll be there because of the sacrifice that we give, the willingness to give up of ourselves, of the things that we have, that we've accumulated, that we give ourselves, our time, our energy, we give of our goods and the things that we have, and we see the hurt around us. We show compassion to those around us. Lord, help us to do this. Help us to be real and practical, not just pay lip service. May our lives be changed. May our lives reflect your love for us. May our lives become more like Jesus every day. Lord, I just pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.